Hey everyone, it's Ant. Thank you for tuning into World of WWE, a WWE podcast. You are tuning into our Monday Night Raw recap. My name's Anthony, and I'm joined by my co host. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Carlos. You can follow me on Instagram. All about WWE 2020. Nice. Yes, definitely follow Carlos. We have had a lot of going on this week, pumping out a bunch of new shows and content for you all. So, Make sure that you subscribe and uh, like the videos and all that good stuff so you, and podcasts so that you can keep up with us because there's a lot of stuff coming out. Before we dive into our recap this week, I want you to be aware next week, December 24th, we are going to be having our first ever Christmas episode. Come spend Christmas Eve with us. We are going to be drinking hot cocoa and going over the greatest moments and matches of Christmas episodes in WWE history. There's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out. And then also, we are going to be having on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020, our first ever New Year's Eve celebration. We're going to be counting down the greatest matches and moments of 2020. Crazy year, but also great matches and moments. So we have all that out of the way. Um, let's dive into Monday Night Raw. So this was Monday Night Raw from December 14th. And we started off with um, the Christmas edition of the Dirt Sheet with The Miz and John Morrison. And he's going, he's welcoming the, us to the Nightmare Before TLC edition of the Dirt Sheet. And the ring is decorated for Christmas. And basically... The Miz and John Morrison are going to have a handicap match against Keith Lee tonight. And basically, Miz and Morrison, they do a comedy bit making fun of Drew McIntyre. And Morrison is dressed up in this, like, Scottish, like, attire. And then AJ Styles comes out and he just stands on the ladder and, you know, makes fun of Drew McIntyre. And then Sheamus comes out. And um, he basically throws a present right in AJ's face. AJ just looks on and he gets ready for their match. Um, and there, we'll talk about that segment after their match. So Sheamus and AJ Styles then have their match. It was a hard-hitting fight. It was a very good match. And it was interesting to see AJ Styles take on Sheamus because I remember like when Styles was in TNA, Although this wasn't really a dream match, this match was probably never thought of possible to happen. So I was excited to see that. Um, AJ basically um, took out the knee of Sheamus, making him fall. And then AJ covered him for the win. After the match, um, AJ Styles and Omis, they were able to trap Sheamus's leg in the ropes. And AJ Styles just weird out the steel chair and just tore up Sheamus's um pecs and all of his muscles and everything with the steel chair and it looks like Sheamus was out and AJ Styles is basically trying to send a message to Drew McIntyre what did you think of this whole entire segment and match overall that segment really put a laugh on my face that was hilarious Drew John Morrison just John Morrison's a part that made me laugh his accent and everything mm-hmm. it was freaking hilarious but I actually thought 
Seamus hit so hard, like, damn. Yeah, they are... Seamus is definitely a hard hitter. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought Drew McIntyre would have come out and helped, but I guess not. Then we go backstage, and we see the Hurt Business. They're bothering some guy, and Bobby Lashley ends up pouring milk all over the guy. Um, and basically, MVP says that he's going to teach Riddle about respect tonight, and they just basically hype up the tag match coming up next. Then we see Jeff Hardy in the New Day backstage, um, and Riddle walks up and says he has an idea. He knows how everyone misses Big E, so why isn't Riddle standing in their corner tonight as Bro-E? <laughs> um, and Kingston says, an enemy of the butthurt business is a friend of the New Day, which was funny. And um, Hardy tells Riddle he's going to let the Hardy bros be a thing tonight. I thought that was cool to see uh, Riddle kind of like go back and forth with the new day and jeff hardy because riddle is very funny um so the match comes on and it's a six-man tag match it's jeff hardy and the new day the raw tag team champions taking on uh the hurt business and it was a good match decent match and the hurt business end up winning after lashley put the hurt lock on jeff hardy and hardy tapped out what did you think of the match Yeah, it was it was all right. Nothing spectacular. Then we go backstage, and Oscar is talking to Lana, and she says that you know Lana says that she's confident and strong, but she's scared for tonight. And Oscar says that Jax is scary, but Lana is walking out to face Jax, and that makes Lana the bravest person she knows. So then we have the match. I don't know how brave Lana is for this one. Uh, one half of the women's tag champions, Nia Jax, is taking on Lana. And, you know, we can kind of tell that Nia was going to, like, dominate over Lana. But Lana ended up surprising everybody and getting the win. Basically, she did, like, a really, like, weird doggy-style type pin on Nia um, and ended up... It was like strange and ended up winning. But after the match, Baszler and Nia attacked Lana's arm just nonstop. Asuka ends up pulling Baszler to the floor and sends um, Jax out. But the damage is already done. Lana has really hurt her arm. What did you think of the segment and the match? I really felt bad for Lana, honestly. Even though I can't stand her sometimes, I really felt bad for her. She's really been trying, but she got the win. That, that was pretty huge. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I felt really, it was her leg, too. I think, like, she's like, oh, my Jack's leg dropped all the way like, uh, Santa Bansford has her leg, like, bent. Oh, my God, yeah. She just, and then she just landed. Uh, I, I hate when she does that. That move is so, she's done to a lot of wrestlers, and she just, oh, God, it's a terrifying-looking move. Oh my lord! Yeah, it was terrible. So next, yeah, and it, what's funny is Naya actually made a comment on like Twitter about it. I don't know. I think that she needs to be a bit more careful. But it's wrestling. I mean, it's not pillow fights. Yeah, definitely. People are gonna get hurt. What did she say on Twitter about it? 
Um, she basically said something about how, cause like they were making fun of Lana with the pen. Like, I don't know. I guess Jax made a mistake or a botch and she's like, yeah, I just hurt Lana on purpose. Like she was making like jokes about how she hurts people on purpose. Um, but you know, that's neither here or there. I mean, if Nia Jax does hurt people on purpose and she also made Becky Lynch because if Becky didn't get that punch by Nia, I don't think anybody would have pushed her or called her the man not saying that her ability in the ring isn't great but we've said it before it looks as if Vince McMahon kind of put her as the last of the four horsewomen and then Nia knocked her right in the face and she kept on going and that's kind of why we started to like her a bit more so you know Nia definitely has her moments but everyone does you know so now we're back with Elias in the ring. And to be honest with you, I'm not a huge Elias fan. Yeah, me neither. I, once I saw that segment, can we skip that segment? Uh, like, like when, once I saw that segment, I said, P-break. Oh, my God. Like, that's the yeah, and like I, it's not that he's a bad competitor. I just, I really don't care. So he has Jackson Riker with him, and Jackson Riker was a part of the Forgotten Sons on NXT, and I saw him live, and I promise you, he is a big dude. Like he is really tall, um, and he just looks like like a monster. So then, basically, Elias keeps talking, and he's talking about how. Um, he's gained so much, and he's had visions for Riker, a man who knows deep in his heart the universal truth, which is WWE stands for Walk with Elias. Um, then Riker starts talking and says Elias' music has changed him. He's been reborn, um, and Elias wants to demonstrate the healing power of his music. He dedicates this performance to Lana, which is kind of weird because, I mean, why? But okay. He starts playing the guitar, and then WWE 24-7 champion R-Truth interrupts, and it just basically causes a bunch of the men from the locker room to come down, and just Jackson Riker just annihilates all of them. This is basically a segment to try to get Jackson Riker over. You already said this is kind of your pre-break segment, so I'm not even going to get into it because it really, you didn't miss anything, so... That's what happened there. Uh, next, we see The Miz and John Morrison backstage, 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 and he's not happy because AJ AJ Styles said earlier on that he wants The Miz to cash in to take the title off of Drew because it would be easier for Styles to win the title from The Miz. Um, Keith Lee walks up to him and um, Lee has a coin, and he won't talk about where he got it from, but he proposes a coin toss. Miz calls heads, it lands on heads, and um, Lee congratulates them, saying they both won, but that's all they're going to win. I don't know what that was about, but okay. Then we move on to our two-on-one handicap match, The Miz and John Morrison against Keith Lee, who is in his singlet again, and basically um, Miz chop blocked Lee's knee because he was already hurting. And uh, Morrison fell on top of him, and Miz jumped on Lee to help Morrison get the pin and win. What did you think of the match? It was, it was okay. Like, I, I really, I really hate how they thought they made Keith Lee lose this match. Honestly, like, what the hell are they doing with him? I feel like he should be, like, more of a dominant figure in, the, in that business, you know? Yeah, well... It was okay. Supposedly, Vince McMahon is not happy with his ring work, but yeah, let's have Adam Pierce. I don't even know who the hell that dude is. Let's have him teach him how to do stuff. Okay. 
Anyways, moving on because Mr. McMahon is old and senile. We have Bray Wyatt out with. No, I don't even know who the hell he is. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like if if it was somebody that I like, for example, not saying it would ever be, but if it was like a Shawn Michaels or even like a Kevin Nash, like somebody that I know, like I've never heard of Adam Pierce, even. Um, if you go back to 2015, when Seth Rollins had the uh, the security, that was Joey Mercury, Mercury and Jamie Noble. I remember them when I was little. I have no clue who Adam Pierce is, and I truly don't care. He looks like a little shrimp compared to everybody, so I don't take him seriously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's a has been. <laughs> I never was. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, well, he has, like, no charisma either. He's like, you're gonna be in a match tonight. Like, okay, well, are you good? Are you bad? Like, they need to get rid of it. Bring back Stephanie or Triple H if you want to have an asshole manager, because this dude sucks. So, now we have the field trip. The Firefly Funhouse is coming to the Thunderdome, and we see Mercy the Buzzard, Huskus the Pig Boy, and Ramblin' Rabbit, and Wyatt says hello to his fireflies. Um, he says it warms and soul to see the smiling faces. He apologizes to Randy Orton. Um, he knows they were having the time of their lives last week. And as things do, they got out of hand. One thing led to another. And now look at them. Wyatt thinks it's just one great, g- giant misunderstanding. Because he knows sometimes he has a very sad, sick, deranged, twisted mind of his own. So he basically talks about how this Sunday after Orton faces him at TLC, he's not sure what will be left out of Orton. Um, he says there shall be no funny games at TLC, just sadness and pain, but that's all right. And so then basically he has jokes about Orton that are going to be hysterical, and he goes on to make jokes, and then Randy Orton appears on the screen, and he calls Wyatt's name. Orton says last week when his time came, he said he would look at the devil in the face and tell him the most evil son of a bitch has come home. He says after he put Wyatt down with the RKO last week, something changed, Wyatt changed, and the Fiend appeared out of nowhere. Um, He says he was at Moverick last week, but by the Fiend, not Wyatt. He says that won't happen at TLC and it won't happen tonight. Um, He says that why don't we play a little game of hide and seek, and Bray accepts, and Orton tells Wyatt to come find him. And then um, the segment ends with Wyatt going backstage. That was a pretty long segment. What did you think of that? It was pretty awesome. That was my favorite part of the show, honestly. Like, you know, it was so cool. Like, he brought the actual puppets. I've seen people a lot of hate about that, about that segment, but I it was pretty cool. And the puppets were on the, like, in the, in the crowd. Yeah. And then he's talking to them. And then he, he was, the jokes that, the jokes that he said was hilarious. He was like, he said something like about a viper and... It was just funny. Yeah, he, uh, I didn't get a chance to fully see this entire segment, but I saw the beginning of it and it was, it was decent. Um, we'll have to see what happens. And now just to be clear at TLC, it's the fiend against Randy Orton. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, so moving on. Now we have Mace from Retribution taking on Ricochet. 
um, Ricochet and Retribution has been going, have been having an issue back and forth for looks sounds like feels like months now, but just a couple weeks. Good match. Um, Mace grabs Ricochet and hits a big tilt the world side slam for the win. Um, after the match, Ali yells at Ricochet and says, um, this doesn't end until he says it ends, and it won't be until Ricochet joins Retribution. Um, then T-Bar puts Ricochet face down on the mat, then kneels down on his face and taunts him. What did you think about this whole entire match and uh, after match segment? I really enjoyed Mace. What's his actual name? I don't know. I think his name... He was actually, um, when they, I'm trying to think of his name, when they redid Raw, I, right? yes, Lesnar gave him an F5 through the table. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I like Mace a lot. Yeah, he's good. Um... For me, Retribution, it's going good. I like that the whole idea is that they want Ricochet to join. Do you think Ricochet will eventually join, or do you think um, he will outwit, outmaneuver the Retribution? There's too many, too many of them. So eventually, I feel like maybe Ricochet will face the other guy's name, the big one. Not T-Bar. I think it's T-Bar. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see Bray Wyatt walking backstage. He sees Riddle and he asks Riddle if he's seen Randy Orton. Um, he says that he calls. Um, he says that he hasn't seen Orton, but he has seen the future, and the future is pronouns. Um, he has a wacky business idea. Wyatt says he's a little, little busy, and he walks off. Um, Riddle says Ramblin' Rabbit reminds him of Baby Yoda, so he's going to call him Baby Broda, which is kind of funny, and uh, that's kind of it. Then we go to another match, the Women's Tag Team Champion, Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax, Jax is taking on Dana Brooke. We find out that Lana was taken to a local hospital with devastating injuries to her elbow and leg, and now she's unable to compete at TLC. Um, basically... Dana Brooke had a decent contest with Shayna Baszler, but um, Jax attacked Brooke and sent her to the floor. And after the match, um, Jax and and Shayna attacked Brooke until Mandy Rose returned and made the save with a kendo stick. And then Asuka comes down and uh, everyone stands in the ring together. And Tom Phillips wondering, wonders who will be Asuka's partner. What did you think of Manny Rose coming back in all of this segment? I'm really happy with Manny Rose returning. I really think Charlie said it was. But Manny Rose is good too. But all that leather that she was wearing, my God. Manny Rose can make a heart come, can break a heart, then make it come right back. Yeah. It can do both. It can it can make your heart stop, and then you come, you see her again, and it makes it come back alive. That is Mandy Rose. I would like to see uh, Oscar and Mandy Rose tag team champions, but it's not going to happen. Trust me. All right. So you hear it first from Carlos that that's not going to happen. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh. Then our truth is backstage. Another comedic moment with Huskus the pig boy. Basically, White is still looking for Orton, and he just yells hide and seek. And basically, our truth is that they have a beautiful family, and that was funny. 
Um, then we see a dark moment of the night, and basically Bray Wyatt is still looking for Randy Orton, and Orton ends up attacking Wyatt, who's in the rocking chair. They brawl back and forth, and then basically Orton places Wyatt inside a large wooden box, closes the lid, latches it, and then grabs a tank of gasoline and pours the gas all over the box, and then grabs a lighter and lights it, and the box just becomes a flame, a flaming inferno, and Orin smiles. Then the lid opens, and the fiend is seen standing in it, um, and he has the mandible claw on Orin, and Orin just pretty much passes out. What did you think of this segment? That was really good, too. I have no idea. Um, yeah, the fiend is definitely able to withstand fire for sure. This is gonna be a good match. I'm excited to see what they do with TLC if they make it cinematic. But this build up so far has been very good for TLC. Um, I think it's gonna be a good match too. So now we have the main event: MVP taking on Riddle. The match was actually pretty quick. Uh, Riddle ended up winning with the final flash knee strike and the floating bro for the win. Um, Bobby Roode try Bobby Roode. I'm sorry. Bobby Lashley runs down and tries to attack Riddle, but Riddle leaves. Uh, Matt, I didn't feel like there was any point for that match, but I guess it was there to kind of just continue to keep us talking about Riddle. What did you think? I Yeah, we're definitely going to have to see what happens there. And now we're coming to the end of the night, the Ascension Ceremony. Um, This is where Drew McIntyre is going to place the WWE Championship on the little cord. And it's going to ascend above the ring for their ladder match at TLC, well, their TLC match. Um, Basically, Tom Phillips says that AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre are going to address each other for once and then after the title is raised so the title is raised and aj says that he and drew have never faced each other so he would figure he should do a deep dive into who drew is um he says that he was shocked to find out that it took drew 19 years to climb the mountain and become champion um he makes fun of drew's recent loss to randy orton and he talks about how drew takes risks and he says that he defended the wwe title in a tlc match once and he knows what it means to be champion AJ says that if he has to take every table, ladder, and chair in the Thunderdome and break them over Drew's back to get the title back, he will just do that. He tells Drew to kiss the title goodbye because it's going to look phenomenal around AJ's waist. And then Drew starts to talk, and he says he's always wanted this match. He's never been in a TLC match, while AJ has had some success. He says that Drew is a champion that held the WWE all through the year of uncertainty. He is a champion that does not crack under pressure. The champion that's going to tear AJ apart this Sunday. Um, he says every man dies, but not every man truly lives. He's willing to do whatever it takes to himself and to AJ to make sure he keeps the WWE title. Drew says AJ has to ask himself if he's willing to do the same. Um, and then Miz and Morrison come down and they attack Drew and he's triple teamed. He fights back and hits a claymore to the Miz and then he hits Morrison with a claymore. Um, Drew throws a ladder, uh, and AJ, you know, waits for AJ to get up, but then almost comes down and throws the ring steps into the ring. AJ takes advantage of Drew McIntyre 
and stomps on Drew while he's down. AJ tells Omis to get a ladder. Uh, he he grabs the ladder and rams it into Drew, and then he Omis gives AJ a steel chair, and AJ unloads on Drew, and then finally they send the table in the ring, and AJ climbs the ladder, um, and he puts through he puts an elbow drop on Drew, sending Drew through the table. That's a mouthful. So AJ Styles is sorry about that. AJ Styles is standing up victorious at the end of raw well not victorious but like seemingly victorious if he does this at tlc he will be the new champion what did you think of the ascension ceremony it was okay it was uh, this raw definitely wasn't that good to be honest yeah i i agree it was just a pretty much basic raw leading us to um TLC, but what I will say, the only thing that resonated with me with Drew's speech was that he did kind of like carry that title through a time of uncertainty. Like, we all weren't, you know, it was a very, it's still a very scary time. And I do think that WWE did help a lot. And, you know, the matches that Drew had were really good. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what the future holds. But yeah, that's it for our December. 14th monday night raw recap it was a decent raw um be on the lookout for our tlc prediction video that will be dropping soon and yeah we're excited for tlc so thank you for tuning in my name is anthony and then my name is Carlos. and we will see you soon thanks for checking us out